0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Tech Talk is underway on a Saturday here at News Talk, 830-WCCO. Really a nice day shaping up. Doug Swindahart is joining us. And the phone number is always 651 989 9226. If you're having problems with your computer, hardware, software, whatever, feel free to call the program. 651-989-9226. And you can call or text our show using that number, 651-989-9226. First things first, Doug, I hope you've been well.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, We've been um, doing our best to keep our distance social, and I'm really pleased with uh, the reception I, I've gotten if people are dropping off equipment. They're very cautious, and I'm wiping things down as they come in the door and wiping them down as they go out and trying to wear gloves whenever I can, and I, we'll get through this, but I'm I'm really happy that, that we got a lot of people who are taking it upon themselves to do the right thing. It's good.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt, and uh, once again, the stay-at-home order through early May, here in the state of Minnesota, a lot of people are working from home, doing school work from home, spending a lot of time on their computers, and uh, certainly we welcome your, your calls and comments. 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. And Doug, up front, we want to warn people about fraud. I know the Attorney General Keith Ellison here in the state of Minnesota and attorney generals around the country are doing their best to uh, crack crackdown on uh, COVID-19-related fraud and, and crime of that sort. We have been warning people about computer-related fraud and crime for a long time. And there's a lot of scams going on right now. My mom got an email about mm-hmm. someone had a password. And what's unusual about this, they actually sent her an email of an old password she used for an Internet service provider. Company doesn't matter. But But she got this, and, as a result, got a little bit confused and did the right thing, got a hold of Centurylink, changed her password all as well but But there is a lot of phishing, there's a lot of things going on out there where where people are trying to get your personal information, and even worse, uh, trying to get your money.
1: I would have to agree with that, and i've the calls that I've gotten in the last week have increased considerable Um, and a lot of them are getting very very bold with this we've got your password we know that you've uh uh, visited porn sites we've got record of that and we've got your email list and we're going to send out your bad behavior to all everybody on your mailing list unless you send us $1,900 it's it's just absolutely no question about it it's blackmail and fraud and just ridiculous I'm I'm surprised at how much of this has increased during this time when we really should all be coming together, but it's a ton. Watch your emails. If you're not sure where it's from, when in doubt, do not. And don't just automatically click, 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 because you can activate things within an email. If there's an attachment or a picture, you don't know where it's from, and it just sounds bad. Just avoid it. Avoid it like the plague.
0: And I know during the week, my full-time job in the printing business, we received an email from our IT manager about being very careful about attachments that are coming from emails. Before you click on any attachment, be very sure, even call the sender or reach out to the sender by another means and say, did you send me an email with an attachment? There seems to be a lot of that going on as well right now, so be very leery of emails that may be coming in from a familiar source or look like they're coming in from a familiar source, but they have attachments, whether it's a PDF or some other attachment. Be very leery of that right now. There seems to be uh, a spike in that sort of stuff as well.
1: Absolutely, it's it's just it's huge. You know, for me to get average five six calls a day with, and they're very similar. So. I think it's the same group of bad actors that's just really active at this point. And hopefully that we will be able to catch these people and 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 have some justice here. But in the meantime, we really have to be very, very suspicious of anything that's unknown. And even Google is saying instead of sending your pictures in attachment, load them up into Google Photo and people can view them with a link to your Google, to your uh, actual photos. And you can be selected that way. That's safe. You can get things done without putting your computer at risk and, and that. Just be cautious. Can't say it enough, Steve. We just can't.
0: Here's that number again on the program 651 989 9226. You can call or text the program. And the great news is that's good for all our programs here on Saturday and Sunday. A News Talk K3O WCCO, but during the week as well, starting with Dave Lee in the morning news, Corey Hepala, Chad Hartman, Paul and Jordana, Mike Max, Henry Lake. You want to keep that number handy, 651 989 9226. And you're always welcome to call and text here at News Talk K3O WCCO. Let's get going on the phone lines. Let's go to Chris in Lakeville. Chris here on the air with Doug. Hello.
2: Hi, Doug. I have an issue with my home computer. Um,
1: Our first indication was that it was shut down when we didn't shut it down. Um, After a couple tries, it did boot back up. It appears to have gone back to the factory settings. Uh, When I look, our personal settings or our files appear to be gone. Any way to bring things back? If your system is just shutting down completely without actually going through the menu, that could have actually happened because of a bad power supply, but the, the fact that it went back to factory settings, there are normally is two procedures in that. One is to save your data. The other is to wipe it completely clean. And if, they, if it's wiped completely clean, your data possibly could be gone. I'd have to look at the system to make certain, um, but we could do that remotely as well. If you open up your Windows Explorer and just go down and see if you can find folders with the same profile name, you might find your data that way as well. It, this is a, a, a very, very bad thing indeed. I don't know. I don't think this is a virus that's causing the shutdown. To me, it sounds more like hardware. And I wish I had better news and a faster fix. And thank you so much for the call.
0: Yeah, and restoring it to factory, that that can be very dangerous, and I think if people are poking around or get somewhere in their computer that they're not familiar, you, you want to be pretty careful about that. And that's true with any device, even a television, if you will, and you're in, in the settings and you're trying to find something and you get to restore to factory, you, you're pretty much going to be starting from scratch when, when you restore to factory.
1: Indeed, and I think this happens to a lot of folks with their smartphones as well. That when all else fails, you can clear out the entire memory, RAM, and that will even wipe the data right off of the, of the SD card and the SIM card that you're saving data on. It's um, pretty drastic when you do a, a factory reset. You could do a factory reset and save, and that should maintain. I'm not certain very many cell phones, smartphones, if you will, will have that option, but use some caution here.
0: Yeah, and Doug, back to the uh, computer that shut down and apparently restored to factory. That is another good reason why you want to back up your data, that that you want to have really, you know, two or three options to back up that data, uh, photos, documents, whatever it is, uh, and, and that is potentially uh, paying a service. Uh, we've talked about Mosey Carbonite. There's a lot of them out there that will back up your data uh, Keep it securely in the cloud. You, you can back up your data on an external hard drive or on a DVD or even on one of those USB drives. I'm not a huge fan of those. And another one is for the really important stuff, I have a tendency to create an attachment and email it from one of my accounts to another account is one of the strategies I've used, but we can't stress enough. And, Doug, you're in the business. You work on computers all the time. The one thing you can't fix is if people have lost their data.
1: Yeah, file recovery is a a very complex nature, and I, I can get some of it sometimes. But generally speaking, it's going to be much better off if you've got several copies. And the procedure that you laid out with the the real important document, sending it to another email. I love that. that. And people should be aware as well that the USB flash drives, they really cannot be dependent. I don't think we should depend on those for true backups. If you've got an older one, yes. But the mass manufacturing, and I've gotten to the point where, because they've gotten so inexpensive as well, and I always worry about that. As the price of equipment drops down, You go, okay, when is cheap going to be too cheap? And with USB flash drives, if you intend to keep this a while, step up to the plate and get one that's a little bit more expensive, a brand name will help, and be cautious. One of the best backups that you can do, copies that you can do, is a DVD. Once that DVD is closed, when you write it so you can take it to another computer or wherever you want, install it or listen to it or Watch it or look at it. Once that's closed, that's very secure on a DVD, even more so than a hard drive. But again, cloud storage, Google Drive, if you've got an Apple account, uh, iCloud is just wonderful for storing data. There's really no reason why people aren't taking advantage of all those services and have three, four, maybe even five separate copies of everything that's important. And I like that you mentioned we can replace hardware. We can reinstall Windows and operating systems and all your programs. What we can't go do, can't do is go back and take those pictures or go back and recreate those documents once they're completely gone. So you can't stress this enough. Copies, 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 and more copies.
0: Can't hurt. Quick break, we have more Tech Talk with Doug coming up in a moment. The number again, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. You can call or text. We have Mark in Minneapolis, Tim in Hopkins, and then uh, we've got uh, Dave in St. Paul. We'll get to all of those calls coming up in a moment. Here on News Talk, 830-WCCO. Tech Talk continues. Doug Swinhart is joining us. If you're having a problem with your computer, hardware, software, whatever, feel free to call the program. By the way, Jonathan Lowe is our producer, doing a great job, as always, and the number 651-989-9226 is the key. Call or text the program to visit with Doug about those computer problems. And let's go to the phones. Mark in Minneapolis. Mark, here on the air with Doug.
1: Yeah, hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, this is kind of a software question, and I, I hear you do more PC than than anything, but um, trying to burn vinyl from turntable to essentially uh, a Mac and wondering if you had any software suggestions on the Mac itself. I mean, I have an iMic attachment from Griffin that I should be able to take from my receiver out to my Mac, but I'm just trying to figure out if GarageBand or if there's any other software options that you know about for Macs. I can almost guarantee that if you contact Apple, they're going to really recommend the GarageBand. That really should be about as smooth as it could be. You shouldn't have too much trouble with that at all. I would run several searches. The thing about these search engines is the more often you run a search for a specific thing, even if you word it a little bit different, you're going to get different results. And pretty soon, all those... uh, obscure places that may have just the ticket you're right on the money you could be finding some really nice stuff and not paying big dollars a uh, big thing on that one is check google check DuckDuckGo, check Bing. run several of these and do them over a couple of days i think you're going to find what you want this is actually a, a fairly complex issue because you're changing music from analog to digital and it's important to have the right software so you get everything just right. Once you're set up, you will just love it. And I hope that helps. But I think GarageBand would be my first choice.
0: Yeah, and I've, I've played around with GarageBand. It's pretty slick. It's uh, it, it it's pretty good. And it is time consuming, but you if you have good vinyl, and my wife and I over the years have developed a pretty large vinyl collection, and I have a pretty good turntable that I've had for a long. There's nothing quite like the sound quality of vinyl on a good turntable. It is, it is unique. It has a warmth that, that's hard to replicate. It sounds great.
1: Yeah, very rich. I remember as a teenager just coveting the, uh, the techniques turntables where you could adjust the speed with a little stroll thing on the side. But you're correct. A good needle, a good turntable, keeping that vinyl clean and making sure that you're just getting it going. I agree, Steve. I think that, uh, that the rich sound of, of, of vinyl, it's tough to beat. It's very tough to beat. At the same time, playing the music every day, it's really nice to have it digital. You can set up the songs any way you want in the order, the patterns, uh, playlists. Well, people are very much aware of this,
0: but I think that it's
1: really, really the way to go. And if you're dealing with Apple and Mac or Linux or Windows, try to stay within what the recommendations are from that particular operating system, especially with a Mac. Apple Mac is great operating system, and they have super support software, so shouldn't be too much trouble once you get this thing set up. And thank you for the call.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt that's a that's a fun project for sure. And uh, the turntable you referred to, the techniques SL 1200. I have one of those here, as a matter of fact, and I've had it for a long, long time. It's it's heavy, but uh, the weight when it comes to turntables is a is a good thing. Let's go to the phones, Tim and the Hopkins. Tim, you're on the air. Hello.
2: Thanks, Steve. Yeah, good old vinyl. We miss it. Glad it's coming yeah. back. <laughs> Hi, Doug. Good, to Hi. talk to you again. Uh, speaking of backup, a few minutes ago, I have over the the number of years backed up uh, mostly photos and video files to. External hard drives, both some desktop and some of the little, you know, slightly bigger than a deck of cards, backup uh, drives. And I was uh, browsing through one a couple weeks ago, and I happened to notice a lot of, you know, the folders are there, but a lot of the folders I go into, and they're empty, nothing in there. And that does not make sense. You know, if I emptied a folder, I'd normally delete the folder. Um, can files disappear from your, uh, from the Explorer there but still be in there somehow they've never been deleted or anything or what's what's with disappearing uh, mostly JPEG files
1: Uh, Yeah, that's interesting that you bring that up, but yes, they can and JPEG has gone through many many Transitions over the years and the JPEG files especially the picture files they can degrade There used to be a program that I think is still available and it's called Spinrate, S B I N R I T E, if I'm not mistaken, by a company called Gibson Research. And easy to find. I, I'm fairly certain Spinrate is still available. You can create a bootable CD or DVD, and you can even have these drives plugged into a USB port, if I'm not mistaken. But Spinrate will rebuild the tracks on there. A lot of times your data will come back sometimes with jpegs the beginning the beginning file mark and the end file mark when they save data on a hard drive there has to be an end and a beginning that keeps that file within its own structure so the hard that the computer can read it and sometimes those beginning markers just let go we're talking about little tiny magnetic pieces, particles of data that are sticking to the platters magnetically. And also, Norton Unerase is still there. One of the biggest, best programs is a program called Recuva, R-E-C-U-V-A, if I'm not mistaken. And that's available as a commercial and a free program. The free program runs smaller, runs slower, but that also is a good option. When you find the file in Recuva, you must put on the name, it actually loses the first character of the file name. And even if you don't know what it is, as long as you can see it, you can rename it again later. This is a, a condition generally spoken by where if you had that hard drive, if it came into contact with something extremely magnetic, the JPEGs are the first thing to go. So look at where you're storing that hard drive and be conscious of that. And from time to time, it doesn't hurt to plug them in and run them. That also is going to help. And I wish I had better news, but you got some work ahead of you.
0: Thank you for the call. All right, quick break. We'll have an update on the weather. More Tech Talk. Uh, We've got, uh, we believe, Dave waiting on the line. We'll get to Dave right out of that. And then we've got a ton on our text line. Here's the number, 651-989-9226. You can call or text the program. It is 1131 on a Saturday morning. Here at News Talk, 830-WCCO. It is Tech Talk. Doug Swindhart in. Steve Thompson here. Let's go to Dave in St. Paul. Dave, you're on the air with Doug. Hello.
2: Hey, guys. Hey, thanks for having me on the air here. Uh, just a quick question. Uh, I just purchased a, a Lenovo IdeaPad S340 for my daughter. and just wondering what you think the best hopefully free or at least cheap virus protection that I should put on there would be.
1: You know, I have actually shifted gears here as of late. If you're looking for something inexpensive that will take a little bit longer to set up, not to say that it's more difficult because it isn't, do some research on safer-networking.org and download the free version of Spybot Search and Destroy which is first and foremost developed for malware. However, for I believe it's like 15 or $19 a year, they add live antivirus protection. And when you first glance at it, you go, well, that must be like a like a cheap solution. It's not. They are doing a great job with this antivirus. And with Windows 10, they also offer an upgrade to the free package anti-beacon, which shuts off and protects a lot of your privacy and security in Windows 10. And that's $9 a year. So for the anti-beacon and the antivirus added to Spybot Search and Destroy, you're looking at about less than $30 a year. Anything below that, I would be leery. The free software, as good as it is, even Malwarebytes. I love Malwarebytes. If you get the free version, you kind of kiss the live protection goodbye. It's not checking files in and out. You can still have the same scans, which means you have to be a little bit more conscious about how often you're scanning, and it's time-consuming. So we get what we pay for, but I think you should think in terms of $30 to $40 a year, you should be okay. Multiple machines, almost all of them give discounts today for multiples. Yeah, check around. My favorites would be um, uh, Spybot Search and Destroy from Safer. Networking.org and Malwarebytes, and Malwarebytes. The, our old staple. Yeah, can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. And I hope that helps. And thank you for the call.
0: Yeah, great call for sure. Uh, Doug, let's go to the tax line. We have a lot of those built up. Doug looking for a laptop that doesn't cost an arm and a leg for Internet access, um, editing pictures, et cetera, doing yearly taxes. And a little bit of online investing, uh, plus some banking like bill pay, etc. What should I look for to accomplish those goals? You know, they
1: almost had me to the point of going, "That's simple. Get a Chromebook." But the the online ta- the online taxes once into it with TurboTax gets web based, which they actually had slated this year. Looks like it's going to be next year. Then it won't matter what operating system that that you have. But overall, that Chromebook should have worked for almost everything.
0: Now, if they get
1: into the the well, the the online trading, a lot of these companies will deliver software, and that will require Windows. At that point, now you're looking at a Windows machine or a Mac, and in that case, you're probably going to be looking at somewhere around four to five to six hundred dollars to get a good notebook laptop. There is a plethora of good equipment out there. I kinda tend towards the HP line. They are built well, they're top shelf computers, and you can pick up a, a, an HP for five, six hundred dollars. That's gorgeous, 13 inch. When it's closed, it's thinner than a than A AA battery. Beautiful equipment. They weigh around two pounds. It's tough to go wrong today. Just make sure you like the feel of the keyboard. You understand how battery life works. Check your warranties and keep in mind just because it's portable does not mean it's more durable. As this equipment gets smaller, it gets more and more delicate. Treat it with kid gloves and it will run and run and run. Head out to Micro Center. They still are open and they take their customers one at a time and keep people six feet apart. But they have a lovely display where you can actually get there. Don't forget to wash your hands when you're done.
0: And thank you. Great, great text. Yeah, for sure. And uh, like a lot of things right now, there are incredible deals on on some great equipment. So by all means, keep that in mind. Doug, from our text line at 651-989-9226, on my HP laptop, I'm running the Brave browser and uh, Malwarebytes Antivirus. And when I use the Brave browser, it seems to be very slow. Uh, What could be going on there?
1: Oh, that's highly unusual. I would be looking at that real close. I would also be looking at extensions, and I'd want to know if something was running in the background. This might be a perfect machine to start with ADW Cleaner. Just open up a browser, whatever browser, doesn't matter. Go to Google.com, and in the search box, type ADW Cleaner as one word. Hit the space bar. Type in major geeks as one word, M-A-J-O-R-G-E-E-S, and then hit enter, and your search engine, Google, will bring up the first two or 3 We'll take you right straight to a direct link for ADW Cleaner. That's a free program offered and delivered by Bytes Company. It's a portable program. You don't have to install it, but that's going to find anything that's possibly running in the background. Something's going on with this browser that needs to be addressed. I don't think it's actually the Brave browser. I think it's something else. Possibly, most likely an extension. But I'd be looking to see all what's happening in the background. Something was on this machine before that browser was installed. And eventually, all browsers will be doing this. So, an ounce of prevention. Go find it and get it fixed. Another really good text. But thank you so much.
0: Yeah, Doug, does it get to the point if you're you're having trouble with a specific browser, especially one like Brave with a very good, that's B-R-A-V-E, uh, Brave browser, has a really good reputation, and it is uh, a newer browser. D- does it help to uninstall? I mean, I, I haven't had to install, say, Google Chrome or, or Mozilla Firefox, but in in certain cases, would, would that be a potential fix just to do a... a uh, an uninstall and then install it new?
1: Absolutely. And with Brave and the, and the later browsers, even Firefox and Chrome now have gone to this,
0: go through your
1: settings. If you don't have to know what one is, have another browser open and do a Google search. Google is your best friend to give you these quick answers. And I think that underneath the settings, you will also locate towards the, I think the second or the third page in Brave, Where you can check a little put a little tick in a box that says do not run applications after do not run Brave upon closing. A lot of these browsers are keeping little minimal parts open in memory so they open up quicker. And if there's a little piece of garbage running, that also is running. But you couldn't be more correct in the fact that uninstall it, restart your computer, and reinstall it. Sometimes that will just correct everything really important to keep our computers running properly today especially with the way microsoft is sending out updates sometimes that can also create some havoc but i think there's something going on in the background here i almost have this feeling in my gut that it has something to do with updates could be brave updates but if they're not completing it's going to keep trying something's going to be sucking up resources on those machines great tech super super good
0: All right, let's go to a quick call. We've got a break coming up. We still have time to get to your call or text here on Tech Talk on this Saturday morning. Once again, Twins on the radio at noon today. Game two of the 87 World Series. That's going to be fun. Let's start with Carl in Chisago City. Carl, you're on the air. Hello.
2: Yeah, I have an HP Windows 8. And I can't get it to open to either an Internet Explorer or Firefox Mozilla. It just won't open.
1: Oh, I'd have to say that machine, if if you can't get either one of them and you have no access to the Internet, if you've got it connected to the Internet and it happens to be a machine that will not only connect wirelessly but will use um, an Ethernet cable or a Cat5, Cat6 cable, i would wire that one if you still can't open either browser you can actually open up your windows explorer make sure that the little bar up on top shows the path and if you type in a web address in there like google.com and press enter windows explorer will operate as a browser you're going to want to download at least a couple of browsers immediately. Once you're certain neither one of these work, uninstall them. Of course, you can't uninstall Internet Explorer. That's going to be built into Windows and that must remain. You can redo it through the control panel, which might be helpful. But if you have a browser and you can't get on the Internet, that's your last resort. And if you can't get on, the, open up a web page with Windows Explorer, not to be confused with Internet Explorer, if you can't get on the internet that way, then you're looking at uh, at reinstalling Windows from the ground up. And I wish I had better news. And thank you for the call. And stay safe.
0: All right. By the way, Doug's phone number and email coming up at the end of the program today. If you need further help, it is 14 minutes now in front of 12 noon here on Tech Talk. Doug Swin the Heart is joining us. Quick break. We'll come back with more calls and texts. Here on news talk e three o w c c o tech talk Saturday is between eleven and noon now let's go to the phone lines again. It is tech talk with doug and uh let's start on the phones here at news talk e three o w c c o with bill and Zimmerman bill you're on the air
2: hi guys uh enjoy the show as always um like doug I'd like to ask if you could share your thoughts on the idea of, of people who are using a computer general computer uh, Uh, PC, uh, of setting up a user account for their day-to-day activities compared to an administrator account. Most people, you get a new computer, you've got your admin. If you're the only person using it, you're running it mainly as an admin. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are of setting up a user account to use for day-to-day, and that might eliminate some uh, potential attacks because... As you know, if you're trying to, you know, add software to a user, you'll get a warning that says you're not allowed to do this. You have to be the administrator. Just just your thoughts. I'll uh, take you off the air. Thanks.
1: I think that's an absolute brilliant procedure, especially if you are keeping Windows 7. You really are going to want to take the time to understand the different privilege levels between an administrator account and a user account. Doesn't mean that you can't install software. Even if you are logged in as a user, and you go to install programs, all oh, you got to be an administrator. No problem. Right click, left click, run as an administrator. Type in your administrator password. You have the full privileges if you're running that account as an administrator 100% of the time. I agree with this. This is just a tremendous. Ten steps forward in protecting your computer against things that could run in the background. Many, many, many items in a Windows environment cannot even get started as a user account, but will take off and fly if you're set up privileged as, a, as an administrator. A little bit more complex, but again, if people spend a couple hours and just grasp the concept, and remember, computers are stupid. They only do what we tell them what to do. Well, if they can't perform things in the background without having that knowledge, that's a huge step forward in protecting your system. That was really a good call. You know, Steve, at times like this, I wish we had the ability to give away a T-shirt.
0: Yeah, that that, that would be great call, Bill. Yeah. Let's go to Don in Pine City. Don, you're on Tech Talk. Hello.
2: Hello. We've got a Lenovo um. IdeaPad L340, and HP Envy 7640 printer. And we can't print from the computer to the printer. Uh, we have to run a test sheet first, test page, and then eventually it will run what we want to print.
1: Uh, that I would actually equate to when a lot of these printers, nearly all of them today, Instead of using the normal standard port, LPG, one, two, three, com port, whatnot, HP started this procedure of creating its own port. And people were really confused and thought they were being evasive. But the whole idea of this was that port could change itself in the background depending upon which user was connecting to it. This is an instance with this Lenovo where not only will you need to uninstall the HP software, delete the printer completely. Once that's out, you need to go into your devices folder and you need to delete that port manually as well. Then do a reinstall. And I think your problems will be solved. With HP, if you're having issues, you might wanna download the user manual if you got it wireless, for sure, you're going to want to do this. And connect to the wireless manually through the display panel at the printer. Then go and install your software. And if it has to add, well, you don't really have to add the printer. You don't have to do any configuration to the printer. But as long as you add the IP address, just give it the IP address and up and come. This is going to take a complete reinstallation of the printer to solve this issue, I believe. And thank you for the call. Another great call. Should have been another T-shirt. I wish we could give them away. Steve, you any extra cash we can get some
0: T-shirts made? <laughs> uh, n- n- not really, but uh, we'll, we'll try and get it in the budget. How about there you that? Go, there you we'll, go. We'll, we'll have to. We'll, we'll have to brainstorm and come up with a Tech Talk design for sure. Uh, Doug Swinhart joining us here on Tech Talk. Uh, let's go to the text line uh, before we run out of time. Uh, Doug, how do you get rid of a speedtestguide.com pop-up? What's going on? Why why am I getting that on my computer?
1: Oh, I ran into this about a week or so ago, about eight days ago, and run a a Google search, how to remove speedguide.com malware, virus, or whatever you put in there, and then go to the tools, and, and select the date within the last year or the last month to limit your views. The, the domain name SpeedGuide is used a lot. In fact, one of my favorite websites to tweak Internet is SpeedGuide.net. They've been around for decades and just a great site. But this is going to go wild. This is a, this is a, a virus slash malware, it's a combination, and it's nasty. Uh, Again, I would go right straight to ADW Cleaner. Once you get this thing cleaned, you should be able to apply uh, a decent antivirus and go through your control panel to make sure that there hasn't been any extra programs added. This thing is gonna be working its way around the internet really rapidly. And people are annoyed by it, but there's many, many fixes. Start with ADW Cleaner, and I always download it from Major Geeks, but you can get that right straight from Malwarebyte's site as well. And good luck, and if you have any problems, give me a holler, and we'll get you taken care of as soon as we can get you in.
0: And, by the way, Doug's phone number and email coming up before the end of the program. Another one from our text line, is opening attachments the same for an iPhone or an Android phone as it is? on a computer and we warn people that there's a lot of junk going on around there especially when you get an email and it could be from a familiar address and it contains an attachment you may want to double check before you click on that uh, we got a warning from uh, our, our IT manager uh, from my other job in the printing business during the week that, that warned people about opening unexpected attachments if you will Um, What about on phones, Doug? Have you seen problems if you open up an attachment on an iPhone or an Android? You know,
1: it used to be that we all assumed that it's all good. Apple's taking care of it. Android, Google's taking care of it. Not so much. These things are just as vulnerable as, I shouldn't say that. Yes, you need to be concerned and check to make sure. If you don't know, but these things... You'll start looking at this, and you will quickly find that they will reveal themselves if you read carefully. A well-worded deal with the icons, we can sit back and create that to look like the FBI or whatever we want, just with copy and paste on the Internet, spend a little time. But these people, it appears to me that they always have something out of place. You can spot it. Big thing, look at the domain name. But androids and... And Apple phones are more vulnerable today than they've ever been. That our caution should be followed with every device that gets on the internet. Yes, you got to pay attention. And thank you for the text. It was good text.
0: Yeah, for sure. A real quick. We've only got about a minute here. I have an old Sony laptop. It cannot handle Linux Mint or Light. What else could I look at in the Linux line to put on that old Sony?
1: There is literally hundreds of distributions that can be installed on that Sony. My first priority would be, I have a feeling they are trying to install 64-bit software and the computer is only capable of 32. If Linux Mint doesn't work and Linux Lite can't make it happen, and Ubuntu, Ubuntu has one that's called a Lubuntu, put an L in front of Ubuntu. But there's many... I like the one that comes from the United States, and it's XFCE. In fact, you can um, um, shoot me a call at the wonderful site. There's also some older versions of Zorin, Z-O-R-I-N, but your best reference point so you can look at multiple distributions is go to distrowatch.com, short for distribution, D-I-S-T-R-O-W-A-T ch.com, and spend a little time learning how to navigate that. You can sort these things by country. You can sort them by base operating system, Debian, BSE, uh, Unix, whatnot. There is a plethora up there. And, yeah, you won't have any problem. And thank you for the text. It was a wonderful text.
0: All right, Doug, we've got to run your phone number and email real quick.
1: Thank you, 651-552-9543, and of course, wccotech.com, wccodech.com, 651-552-9543. Thank you, Steve. See you next week.
0: All right, have a great weekend. Happy Easter. We'll talk to you next Saturday here on Tech Talk.